Hey, it's Freddy Cruz, celebrating Miller Outdoor Theater's 100th anniversary with an episode featuring managing director Sissy Siegel Davis. Sissy and her staff have played a pivotal role in delivering high-quality shows free of charge all across the year. During this episode, you'll get a rundown of the theater's early days, the origin story of that iconic hill, and what first-time visitors can expect when they visit. Grab their full lineup of free shows at MillerOutdoorTheater.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, and signing up for the newsletter at CruiseThroughHTX.com. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Yo, let's go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. It's interesting how you would become the managing director of a place who was your client. I've never heard of that. So let's talk about that transition. Most people don't know my background. And quite truthfully, the Miller Theater Advisory Board didn't really know my full background. They knew me as the person who could do the PR and the marketing and all of that stuff, but they didn't really track what I did when I first started working actually was recruited by um, Alan Becker, who was at the time the one of the principals with what was then called Pace Management Corporation. They were an entertainment company, all kinds of entertainment, thrill shows and destruction derbies, motorcycle races, motocross races, boat shows, and management there at Pace said, you know what? Summit's just sitting there. Nothing's nothing but basketball's going on. Hey, why don't we talk to them and we could do concerts there? We're talking like Def Leppard or before that. First show was The Who. Second show was ZZ Top. One of my first concert experiences was ZZ Top when I was in fourth grade, which would put me at uh, if I was born in 75, I was what, eight or nine? So 75 and eight is. 83, so 1983, 84. Is that about that time? They played before then. It was it was Thanksgiving. And if I'm not mistaken, it was 1975. Mm. 75. So two weeks after I graduated, started working at Pace Management Corporation, green as grass. And I'm like, okay, so what, what are they doing? They sent me to New York to a at the time called a hi-fi show, got educated, learned all about that business, came back home, and we did a hi-fi show in the Astro, Astro world. We did, um, or, or Astro, uh, or the arena area, wherever, wherever they, um, they had those. Today, I, I guess it's NRG Center, NRG, you know, the hall, Astro Hall. For context, what is a hi-fi show? Back in the day, it was all of the... Um, the devices that played music and you know, all of the, the the monitors and the speakers and the technology for listening to or producing music. So I think now it's, you know, in, in Vegas, they have the big show every year where all the new products are rolled out and everybody goes and sees that. This was sort of the early days of that on a much smaller scale, but it was people who were interested in sound and what you could do with sound um it, I, who knew i mean I, I didn't know from any of that a thrill show 
with a destruction derby? Yeah, how can you still hear after working for years with that? <laughs> Not only that, the the concert business was, was what really, you know, you it's I I can remember going the first Stones concert I saw, and it was at the Summit, and I was sitting, you know, with like on the along the sides, not on the floor where I would be front on. So I was on the side. And I can remember going home and that half of my head that was closest face you know, closest to the stage and the speakers couldn't hear a damn thing. It was numb for like three days. Why we're not all totally deaf by now, I don't know. The sound the motorcycle racing though was even louder. Yeah. Because it's a you know, unlike the outdoor, you know, when you see motocross now, most of those are outdoor tracks. So the sound kind of goes up into the ether. Well, in the dome, it was all, it was just right there. The smoke, the noise. But they, they're so exciting to watch. Uh, people think, you know, you love the arts and yet you like that. You know, hey, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. There's a certain art to doing that kind of work as well. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's very true. And I think that's uh, that cannot be understated how loud it can be. I went to one of those shows at NRG Stadium, which is bigger than the Astrodome by quite a bit, yeah. not just yeah, the you hair. Yeah, the dome inside and of it, yeah. I felt like I was going to lose my hearing by the time we got to intermission. Now, you know, concert business, yeah, things are very, very loud. But but it is, it's fun. I it mean, is. people really enjoy it. Yeah. And whether it's that kind of activity or what we do out here or what happens in the downtown theaters, it's a communal activity. I went to work for Tuts initially. Of course, Tuts was founded at Miller Outdoor Theater in 1968. When this, the current building you see over my shoulder, it's sort of an artistic rendering of it, but when the current building opened up in 1968, Tut's Frank Young thought, there's a brand new building. Why isn't anybody doing, and at that time it was sort of called civic light opera, musicals. Why is nobody doing musicals out there? Symphonies out there, that's great, but why isn't somebody bringing musicals for people to enjoy? So it was the let's put on a show mentality. Friends, actors, singers, dancers, got choreographers, borrowed costumes, borrowed sets, um, paid the musicians. Everybody else volunteered. And they put on one performance of Bells Are Ringing, September 15th, 1968. Theater under the stars because it was at Miller Outdoor. And when you, you know, once you got out from under the canopy, you looked up and you indeed were under the stars. So that started their tradition of bringing musicals to the public free of charge. Price is not a barrier out here. The way you dress is not a barrier out here. It makes things easy for everyone to be able to come and sample something that they may not have been exposed to before. And it all started with the idea that, hey, no one's performing outdoors. Why aren't, why aren't we doing this? <laughs> you know, the, the original venue in 1923, because as, as you know, Miller's now 100 years old, yep. uh, the original venue on the same location in Herman Park was a concrete band shell, very typical 
of the 1920s period. The first production, newspaper articles say, was a uh, municipal pageant called Springtime of Our Nation. They had 2,500 people in that show. Now, when you look at the photos of that bandshell, I don't see any restrooms available for the public. I see no dressing rooms for those 2,500 people. So obviously everybody came dressed and ready to go, whatever they were doing. Yeah, There was no hill at that time. It was just sort of a sloping lawn. How do we get the hill though? (laughs) When the city was excavating Fannin to expand the medical center. Okay. A mile down the road from the park, from the theater. They needed somewhere for all that dirt to go. And they thought, you know what? Let's just dump it over there by Miller. Let's just dump it in the park. <laughs> Get and over time, yeah, that's it's the truth. So those dump trucks just kept on, you know, and there's all of a sudden there's the hill. I, it, it certainly was the first, probably the only real big hill in Houston. How many thousands of kids? First experience to come out here if you're whether you're coming to see a performance or not but you come to the park and what do the kids want to do they go run up that hill and roll down that hill guilty over and over and over again i don't know about over and um, over and over again but i know i've had my fair share <laughs> exactly because it's now, fun my it is fun and that's you know that's a big part of what we're trying to sell once they built the the 1968 version of the theater uh coming out as a consumer uh, putting a blanket up there on the hill, um, kicking back and relaxing and having a good time, eating, you know, wine. We even at one point had a candelabra, which you could not do now because of the danger of, you know, fire. Um, and, you know, back in that day, we brought bottles of wine. Now, you know, can't do that either because you don't want broken glass up there on the hill. So, uh, but Miller was part of my life before Miller was really part of my life, as most Houstonians, you know, you you live here long enough and it is it is just part of Houston's DNA. What is the one thing that has remained consistent during your time as managing director? This is your final year. You're going to be retiring at the end of 2023, uh, 15 years ago. What's been that one thing that has just remained consistent that makes you so proud? The quality and the diversity of the programming that we offer here, totally free of charge to the public. There's a lot of it, too. There's a lot of it. There's, you know, currently it's anywhere, depending on the year and and who applies for grants. And, of course, since 2019, things have the the landscape changed dramatically starting in 2020, as, as everyone knows. But prior to that we would have anywhere from 125 to 140 individual performances each year totally free of charge quality was just would blow people away the local productions the companies the cultural organizations and then we started in and actually just before i started uh, the board uh, the miller theater advisory board really decided that they wanted to add some things to the schedule Um, so because there were opportunities to present shows that may not be appearing in other places in town incredible artists international artists regional artists you know people who 
everyone went, whoa, you had them at Miller? That desire to make sure that as many people in this remarkably diverse city as possible have an opportunity to see themselves reflected and represented on that stage. It's huge because you look at just the 2023 lineup alone. You've got um, Southern Hip Hop with Paul Wall. You've got Country. You've got Tejano. Um, it, you've got the you got Tuts. So for people that, that like theater, Under the Stars, you got right. all of that. It's a whole wide array. You'd have to just not like fun to not have something <laughs> that would pique your interest. Exactly. And and I think the important thing that people can remember when they come out here, if you don't like it, you can get up and leave. You've not <laughs> invested, you know, a thousand dollars in tickets, parking, clothes, um, food, you know, at the concert. You, you, the investment is your time. I will never forget one of the years we were um, kind of doing audience surveys. Why do you come? What do you like? La la. And I was up on the hill talking to people. And I came across a a woman and two boys. And I said, you know, do you come very often? and, And why do you come here? And she said, she pointed to one of her sons and she said, my son is autistic. He can't always go to an indoor venue because if he if he needs to move or if he needs to express himself in some way, we're, we're aggravating people sitting around us. Not meaning to, but, but it's, it's an uncomfortable situation. My other son is not. So being able to come here to enjoy really great performances, I can bring both of my boys and my son and I can enjoy the performance, and if my other son has to move, he can do that up here on the hill without causing a fuss for other people around us. You make it possible for us to enjoy and to expose my kids to the arts. People who are from the country, if they came from South Africa or one of the African countries, and she, would, she came up with tears in her eyes. I never thought I would see this artist again when I left home. And you brought them here. Thank you. And those are just two stories. Yeah. That's just two. And multiply that multiplier effect is something because you see thousands and thousands of visitors every single every, year. Every year. Millions of people have come here. Millions since 1923. But certainly the last probably 20 years when things you know, really started ramping up in terms of the number of performances that were being done, improving, seriously paying attention to improving the quality of the performances that were here. We don't want anyone thinking that just because it's free, it's not as good. It is as good, and occasionally it's better than, I've had people say, oh my God, that touring, he was, you know, their performance out here was better than what I saw them do, you know, downtown. Or there's just something about that interaction with that live interaction with the audience, between the audience and the performers on stage. You cannot replicate that. 
MillerOutdoorTheater.com is the place to go to find out the 2023 lineup of all the amazing performers they have going on throughout the course of the year. Of course, they are in their 100th season. I'm talking to the managing director for Miller Outdoor Theater, Sissy Siegel Davis. And I've got to know, as you are winding down your career with this iconic concert venue, what would be your advice for first-time visitors to the theater? Dress comfortably. Give yourself plenty of time to find parking. Come with an open mind and an open heart. Come with the expectation of being entertained, possibly enlightened, occasionally educated, but mostly come out here to be part of of a community that enjoys all that the performing arts have to offer. When the original Miller was built, it, the, the city was left a piece of property by a mining engineer, cotton broker by the name of Jesse Wright Miller. His idea was you, it's, a, it's a place for the community to gather. And it still is. And the community keeps growing. People now from around the country are hearing about Miller. And the fact that it's all free, that's the icing on top of the cake. Love it. Sissy, thank you so much for coming by the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Freddie. Hey, you're not going to make it through the entire episode without me reminding you once again that if you enjoy this podcast, you can help me grow the show by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by signing up for the newsletter, I can guarantee there will be free stuff involved at some point before the end of summer. So if you want to get in on some freebies, you can sign up at cruisethroughhtx.com. C-R-U-Z, through htx.com.